Let's get into the word today. So we are in part three today of emotional, how to face your feelings. And we're looking at how God can speak to our emotions. And uh, we talked about in week one, and I want to kind of do a recap on week one. We talked about this importance of guarding your heart. And one of the things I talked about in week one was how we are three parts in one. We are spirit beings that have a soul that live in a body. And so I, I, I went ahead and went teacher mode on you, and I got a diagram, okay? So this is how uh, our body and our soul and our spirit is. Can you put that up for me, Anna? Three and, three and one. So this is how it goes. You want to put it? There we, there we go. Thank you. All right. Uh, so we are body that has a soul. We are spirit that has a soul that's in a body. We are spirit. We are spirit beings that have a soul that lives in a body. So within our soul, though, there are three parts. Okay, so just stay with me for a minute, and then we're going to get into the preaching side. So our soul is made up of three parts. Our soul is made up of our mind, our emotions, and our will. We said this in week one. This is our thinker, our feeler, and our chooser. Have you ever noticed that if you've given your heart to the Lord, God gets you a new spirit, you feel alive in him, but it just seems like you still got some baggage going on? There's still some hang-ups, there's still some things, some addictions, there's still some bad mindsets. Still, you know why? Because even though God makes your spirit new, your soul's not renewed. And so you need what I would call soul therapy. And so that video that y'all saw just a little bit ago about the conference is our Freedom Conference. We had about 50 people from our Jennings campus go to this Freedom Conference. And that, yeah. And so, um, and so that whole, it's a, it's a nine-week life group that, that ends with a conference. And so they all went to this and got free. And, and it deals, that whole thing deals with actually your soul about how to deal with all the things that go on in your soul. The cool thing is this summer, freedom is getting launched to the entire church. So all of you will get an opportunity to be a part of it if you want to be a part of it this summer. And so exciting about that. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's powerful. It's powerful. So let me show you how God desires for you to be, all right? So 1 Thessalonians says this. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way and may your whole, now everybody say this with me, your whole Spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. So God is a holistic God. He wants you to be healthy in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body. That's why we can be healthy maybe in our spirit, but our soul still has some hangups. We still got unforgiveness. We still got bitterness. We still got anger. We still got all these emotions that go on. Or maybe you could be healthy in spirit and soul, but your body's not healthy. God wants your body to be healthy. I know nobody wants me to preach on that one because um, we're in Louisiana. We like eating. And so, but we are owners. We are stewards of our bodies, our souls, and our spirit. God wants you to be healthy in all those. And our passion here at Our Savior's Church is that you would be healthy in all those. We want to help you be healthy in every area in your life, not just your spirit, but also in your soul and your body. So we need some soul therapy. So last week, we dealt with the topic of anger. And we, we talked about how do we identify where our anger is coming from. We talked about that anger really comes from what we love the most. So if you didn't get to watch that message, go watch that message. Um, it's definitely a big message that many of us walk through. So a couple of weeks ago, I polled our church on Facebook. We have a Facebook group. If you're not on it, go find it, our Savior Church Jennings. And I'll usually send out polls every once in a while just to kind of see how you are. And so one of the questions that I asked leading up to this series was, what is an emotion that you really struggle with? And so a lot of people put anger. And then the next one, which I think was probably one of the biggest ones, is the one that I'm tackling today, is depression. 
so many people, probably over 60% of the people, put depressed. And so today we're going to tackle this head on. Depression really at the core is a hopelessness that is not consistent with reality. And so people who walk through depression, and many of us walk through it, I did some statistics this week looking up. Of course, you can find almost anything on Google. And uh, 16 million people this year will be clinically diagnosed with depression, meaning they'll be get some medicine or counseling or something, 16 million. But it's, it, the truth is, all of us honestly face some type of depression in our lives. We all go through, how many of you have all gone through some dark days in your life where something's gone that maybe that you didn't care for and you've been through some dark moments? And so I, I know that this is a very real emotion that many people walk through. It's a very difficult emotion to navigate through. And so let me just say this, a couple things. One, I'm not going to try to oversimplify this and make it seem like I can preach a 30-minute message and you will never deal with depression again. If I did, I'd be a rich man. Very rich. Everybody would be coming to see me. So I, I, I'm not by any means saying that we're going to clear up all your depression after this message. But what I do believe is I believe that God is a God of process. So I believe that God works us in a process. And so what I do believe that today is, and this is my prayer today, my prayer today is that we at least begin the conversation and it's a catalyst to start the change in your life. Y'all with me here? So we're going to begin the change today when it comes to this emotion. Now, all throughout scripture, we see uh, stories of men and women in scripture that battled depression. So it's by no means, listen, if you're black, you battle with depression. If you're white, you battle with depression. Rich, poor, you battle with depression. Woman, uh, male, you battle with depression. It, it, does, it, it sees none of those things. We all walk through that no matter what we're going through. And all throughout scripture, you see guys like Job, Paul, David, Jonah, so many people in scripture that they, they would say it like this, I despaired even to the end of life, meaning that it was so dark, I was going through so much that I just wanted God to take me out. And so we see this in scripture. So if you're walking through this, know that you're in good company with a lot of people. And so what I want to show you is what I call the soul cycle, all right, so the soul cycle is this. So we got to go back to week one and look at how this plays out first. So within the soul cycle, we looked at this verse in, in week one called, guard, uh, in Proverbs 4, it says, guard your, what's that word? Heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And so we know that within our soul, we have our emotions and we have our chooser, our will, our feeler and our chooser. And we talked about in week one that you've got to be very careful about the feelings that you feel because if you don't keep track of your feelings, they will make decisions on your behalf and you will be led by your feelings. And so we talked about this idea of you need to make the choice and let your feelings follow. Don't let your feelings dictate what's going on. If you always let your, di your feelings dictate everything, it will determine the course of your life. And so at the root of our emotions is our heart. We need to guard it. We talked about how we guard everything else except our heart. We need to guard our heart, our emotions, because based off of how you feel will determine the choices that you make. A lot of your behavior comes out of how you feel. Have you ever talked to your kids and you're like, why did you do that? And they were like, I just felt like it. Really? Well, do you always do what you feel? How many know if we always did what we feel, we'd all be in prison? <laughs> Right? <laughs> and not married and no kids. Yeah, I mean, we can just go down the list of all the things. Come, just because you feel it doesn't make it right. Okay? 
and you're being, you're being told, just do what you feel. Don't do that, okay? It's, it, will not, it will not lead to a good life. Because what you feel oftentimes is deceiving and not right, and it will determine the course of your life. Okay, so that's the beginning of the cycle. But today we're talking about depression. And can I tell you what I believe is the root cause of depression? Your thoughts. Your thinking. So let me show you this cycle. Let's add the third element into it. Proverbs says it this way. For as a man, everybody say this. Thinks in his so. Okay, watch this. Watch. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks, the thoughts that he's thinking through determines how he's feeling, and based how he's feeling determines how he's living. So as a man thinks, as a woman thinks, the thoughts that go through our head determine how we feel, and based off of how we feel is, is how we live our life. And it's a cycle. You, you, get a, you get a lie, you believe something that's wrong, you feel wrong. You start feeling wrong, you start making bad decisions. And then guess what? Now you feel even worse. So guess what? Now you feel worse, you got worse thoughts, worse feelings, worse decisions. Worse thoughts. Worse. Y'all see how this cycle goes? And it's repetitive. And it continues to go around and around and around and around. And you, here's what you think. Can I ever get out of this? Is it always going to be like this? Am I always going to feel this way. I would suggest that most of that comes from bad thinking. Let me prove it to you. I'm gonna, I, want, I want to show you how this, how this plays out. Once you, if you want to write this down, write this down. The attitude of your heart, the attitude of your heart is a reflection of the activity of your mind. How your heart is doing is honestly based off of what you're focusing on. Your feelings are always powered by what you focus on. You ever notice you focus on the negative, you feel negative. You focus on the positive, you feel positive. So the, the, the attitude of our heart is determined by the activity of our mind. Write this down. This is in your notes. You will never change the way you feel until you change the way you think. You will never change the way that you feel until you change the way that you think. Your life will always move in the direction of whatever is dominating your thoughts. Whatever is dominating your thoughts, your life will always move in that direction because it will, it will infect your heart, which affects your emotions, which then determines the course of your life. You cannot have a positive life and a negative mind. It's impossible. It's impossible. So it all starts up in here with our minds. We have to have the right mindset. There's a story about a boy who, who thought he was the best batter in the world. And he would go around and tell everybody, I'm the best batter in the world. He'd tell his mom, tell his friends, I'm the best batter in the world. He got home. He was going to practice his baseball. He threw up a baseball, went and swung at it, and he missed it. He's like, that's all right. I'm still the best batter in the world. Throws another ball up, swings at it, misses it. I'm still the best batter in the world. Throws up a third time, swings, and misses it. He's like, what? Oh, my goodness. I'm the best pitcher in the world. <laughs> That's all mindset. It's all a mindset. You know, our minds are a lot like a computer. So there, you have the hardware side of the computer. Then you have the software side of the computer. And, and I used to have a PC back in the day, so I used to deal with this all the time with a PC. And that is that anytime I'd put a software on and you'd get online, there was a threat of getting viruses. And then you have to get these other programs and softwares to fight off the viruses that were affecting the software. And then if your software goes bad, then your hardware goes bad. 
So much like that, our mind and our bodies are hardware. God hardwired you. He loves you. You have so much value. There's nothing wrong with your hardware. You know where it's wrong? It's in the software. You know why? Because we've allowed viruses to get into that software. And all of us around here can look at our life and look at the way we feel and look at the, the, the course of our life and look back and go, you know what? It probably began with some type of virus getting in. So I want to identify what those viruses possibly could be. I'm going to give you three of them today. I call these mind monsters. These are the monsters in our mind. Here's number one. The devil will lie to you. The devil will lie to you. Let me show you a scripture of this. John 8, When he, the devil, lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a what? He is a liar. And he is the father of lies. He is always lying to you. Let me tell you something. Whether you knew this or not, the devil cannot touch you. But he can suggest things to you. So that's what he does. He cannot touch you. You know, anytime your kids do something, like, what did, the devil made me do that. No, he didn't. Okay, the devil did not make them do that. Now, he might have suggested something. And by the way, he's always suggesting lies. He's always telling you lies. So when you're going through a hard time, here's the lie. This will never end. This, is, this will always be this way. I will always go through this. This is always what it's going to be like. This is just how it is. And you believe that lie and you hear that lie over and over. Here's another lie. If you're going through a good season, here's the other lie. He comes on the other side and he says this, this won't last. This won't last. Oh, it's good right now, but it ain't going to last long. Right? And, and so we hear the lie from this side. We hear the lie from this side. And the only power a lie has is your belief. It's the only, Satan's always speaking lies to you, and the only power that it has is when you believe it. Because this is what happens. When you believe the lie, you think the lie, you hear it, you believe it, then it moves to, now I feel the lie, and then guess what? And then now I behave out of that lie. Right? So, okay, so let's, let's just say, so women in here, you believe a lie, you don't look good, he, your, your husband's going for somebody else, you, you look terrible. Here's the lie. So you begin to start feeling insecure about your body. You feel insecure about what everybody else looks. You, you're so consumed by that look. And then here we are now, we're working out three times a day to try to make sure that I can look good so him so that I can offset that lie. Y'all see how this plays out? And this plays out in so many other ways. So many other ways. You believe a lie, then you start feeling that lie, and then you start living that lie out. And the devil will always lie to you. Here's number two. The world will pollute you. So the devil will lie to you, but the world will pollute you. Ephesians 4, 17 through 18. This is what it says. It says, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Hopelessly confused. Come on, how many of you would say that probably describes our world pretty good right there? Hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness, and they wander far from the life of God. Now, it's amazing, though, that when you talk to people who are really depressed, one of the ways that they described how they feel is they feel dark. It just feels dark. Well, you want to know why? They're full of darkness. They wonder from the life of God gives because they have closed their minds and they've hardened their hearts against them. This is the air that we breathe, is this world. 
You are lied to constantly and polluted constantly by social media, by uh, movies, by music that we listen to. I mean, half of the music that comes out is degrading women, and then we wonder why these young boys only look as women as objects when all they listen to is a music that degrades how she looks or only highlights what she looks like. Are y'all with me here? We are polluted in our minds, and the world does that because they are hopelessly confused. They're trying to figure it out. And, And we're taking our cues from the world. This is the air that we breathe, that what is wrong is right and what is right is wrong. You breathe this every day. You know, uh, probably about 10 years ago when I was the youth pastor here, one of the things that I would do is I would drive around and pick up kids that didn't have a ride. And there was a kid that had called me and said, Pastor Josh, man, can you give me a ride? I, I, my, my mom can't come and get us. Sure, no problem. I, you know, I definitely can come and help. I drive up to his house, get down, knock on the door. Somebody goes, hey, come on in. I walk in. As I walk in, it was literally like a, a wall of stank hit me. Like, it was, I mean, it was bad. It almost knocked me back. And so I walked in, and when I walked in, I realized they had like 30 cats. So if you've got a cat, just get ready. Um, <laughs> I don't care for them. I'll tell you why I don't care for them, because I'm allergic to them. That's the main reason. So I, one, I'm already allergic to them, so I walk into this place. I can feel my throat tightening as I'm walking in. My eyes are getting big. And I look around, and, and something just catches my eye. There's no litter boxes anywhere. They're allowing these cats to defecate all over the house. And so it's just, it's just everywhere. And so, of course, you know what the issue is. And so, you know, I, I grab the kid. We get in, my, we get in my, my car. And I go, man, how can you stand that smell? And this is, this is no lie. This is what he says. What smell? What smell? Bro, that's not right. That's in there. And they had lived, now watch this though. They had lived in that for so long, it became normal. And you and I can live in such wrong thinking for so long that we can make it seem that it's normal. And so when you breathe fresh air, And then you go back and you breathe what you had. You're like, I can't even believe that I actually was like that for so long. Which is why a lot of these people that are in freedom are walking differently today. Because it's a new new breath of fresh air. Because listen to me very closely. The thoughts we consume will consume you. So if they're polluted, that's why we don't watch horror movies in our house. I don't. I don't watch any of that because I don't need fear in my heart. I just don't need it. My wife's already freaked out already. If I just walk around the corner and she don't know me, she punches me in the face. (laughs) I don't need a movie to play that for me, all right? Because she's going to get ideas and it ain't going to be good. Okay, so I I just don't allow that trash in my house. And I'm going to tell you, parents right now, you better be, you are the guardians of your home when it comes to the pollution that comes through that screen and all screens. And it's coming like you can't stop it. You've just got to monitor it and put a guard on it as much as you can. So the devil will lie to us. The world will pollute us. Let me give you the third one. Our problems will confuse us. You're walking through a a hard time. You're walking through tragedy. You're walking through 
sickness, you're walking through a lost job, you're walking through a lost baby, you're walking through something that's just tragic in your life, and how many know when, when all of the world just seems crazy and there's problems everywhere, how many know you just seem confused? Let me show you, David actually had this, watch this in Psalms, Psalm 13, this is what David says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? That's pretty honest, huh? I mean, are you going, where are you at, God? You around here? How long will you hide your face from me? Okay, so that's, that's Psalms 13, 1. Psalms 13, 6, you ready? I will sing to the Lord, for he has been good to me. <laughs> Say what? Is this guy schizophrenic or something? What's going on here? It was like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. I mean, it's like one moment he's like, God, where are you? God, I will sing of your love forever. <laughs> what? You know why? Because he was walking through some problems that was so confusing, he couldn't see straight. Any of y'all tried to drive when that rain was coming through? You can't barely see anything. Couldn't see the road. I couldn't see anything. Why? It's just everything was hitting at one time, and I couldn't see anything. And I'm going to tell you, some of you are going through life right now, and it's literally like something's hitting at all sides of you, and you are just so confused. Be wary of the decisions that you make in the midst of problems you usually make the wrong ones. And so we've gotta be careful with that. So, okay, so now that we're all happy and excited, let's share the solution. All right, so 2 Corinthians 10 says this. Y'all still with me? Everybody still good? Okay, 2 Corinthians 10 says, the weapons we fight with, now this is speaking of us as, as Christians. If you are a Christian here, you call on Jesus, this is what God says you have. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have the power, the divine power to demolish, what's that word? Strongholds. strongholds. Okay, let's talk about this word strongholds real quick. Strongholds, if you want to just write this down, a stronghold is a negative mental attitude that comes as a result of continually believing lies. A stronghold is a negative mental attitude that comes as a result of continually believing lies. The word stronghold in the, in the Greek speaks of two things, a fortress. A fortress was back in the medieval times when they built castles and a lot of that, they would build these fortresses, build these castles with extremely thick walls and extremely high walls. And the, the whole purpose of this fortress was to keep intruders out. They can't come in. But have you noticed when you walk through depression or you walk through high intensity of emotions, you build a fortress too? Nobody can get into you because you're not gonna let anybody else hurt you. So you build this wall that is like the great wall and no one can come in. And that's why you say things like, I feel like I'm all alone. You know why? Because you are. Because you've allowed that stronghold to push every person away. Because not only does it keep intruders out, it keeps those who can help you out too. This is what else it does. A stronghold also means a prison. And you know what a prison does? A prison keeps you in. And so you can't get out beyond that. And so now you understand when you hear people that are walking through depression say things like, I don't think this will ever change. I, don't, I, don't, I feel like I'm so alone. I feel like I'm hopeless. You know why? Because you've created a fortress where nobody can come in. You're in a prison where you can't get out and you are stuck. And you can't go anywhere. This is what the Bible talks about, these strongholds, and we live with these strongholds all the time. 
Today you don't have to anymore, though, because God gives you a solution to these strongholds. And this is what he says in verse 5. He says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every what? Everybody say it out loud. Every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take every thought captive. So how do we overcome depression? Let me give you three things. Ready? Number one, own your thoughts. Own your thoughts. Notice Paul didn't say, we bring the devil into captivity. We take the devil captive. No, he says, we take our thoughts captive. And by the way, nobody can take your thoughts captive other than you. It is your responsibility to take your thoughts captive. Nobody else can do that. And if you don't own your thoughts, your thoughts will own you. We see it all the time. If you don't own it, they'll own you. And by the way, your thoughts are not going down quietly. They're constantly coming at you all the time. But you've got to own it. And the very beginning of getting help and starting the process of change, listen to me very closely, is owning that you are this way. You talk to people all the time, man, man, you look depressed. I'm not depressed. I'm fine, man. I'm fine. And then they go home and they know they are. Dude, you look angry. You look... We've got to own the emotions that we're feeling. It, it's not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of strength to be able to identify it. The people who have the hardest time in life are the ones who can't identify their own emotions. You've got to be able to own your emotions, own your thoughts. Yes, this is how I feel. You know, the, the great thing about David in that Psalms is at least he just owned it. God, I feel like you're not here. I feel like I'm all alone. Good. You're getting it out. You're getting it out. You're, you're putting it out there. This is how you feel. This is what you're thinking. We can't clam up and hold this in. It'll create a fortress and it'll create a prison. So we've got to own it. Here's number two. We've got to interrogate your thoughts. Interrogate your thoughts. Now, there is a common misconception that people say when you have a bad thought, you just need to let it go. No, don't do that. Let me tell you what you should do. When you have a bad thought, you should take it captive and hold it. And then you need to interrogate it. And you need to find out where it came from and what its purpose was. You need to put it under that bright light and go, what were you doing here? What, what is that lie about? What, you, we got to find out where it's coming from. We need to take our thoughts captive. And how do we do that? Well, man, y'all are asking such incredible questions. <laughs> Hebrews, Hebrews 4. This is what he says. This is how we interrogate our thoughts. Hebrews 4 says this. Help me out. Anna. Can you help me? Hebrews 4. Thank you. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing what? Soul and? So God's word comes into your soul and into your spirit. So that's why you leave here and you're like, Man, I just feel better. You know why? Word of God. And it says, watch this, and joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and, okay, so it, it judges, God's word judges your thoughts and it judges your emotions. It judges what you think and it judges how you feel. And so we take a lie and we put it under the interrogation and we try to find out where it is coming from. Because wherever the thoughts that Satan is putting into your life, honestly, if you were to go and look at it, it's probably because that is where your greatest strength is. And he's trying to get you to not do what God's called you to do. 
And so he's going to lie to you. One of the things I love about social media, it's got its good side and its bad side. Um, one of the bad sides, of course, to social media is all the negative stuff. It's terrible. I mean, it's just it's bad. The good side, of course, is staying connected to people, getting information out quickly, just being connected with people in, in one way. It's a false reality in some regards, but it's a good thing in that way. The bad side, of course, is the negative, neg negative side of things, it's just the trash you don't want to see. But I love my favorite button on Facebook is unfollow. I love it. I love it. And, oh wait, no, there's another one I love. Block. I love that one too. Love it. I love it. Because I don't have to choose to have that trash in my feed. I get to block it or unfollow it. And I'm going to tell you right now, you've got to interrogate your thoughts and unfollow and block those things. You've got to block them. So if I can be vulnerable for a minute and share lies that I have heard thousands of times, and many of them have believed. You know one of the biggest lies I've believed? When I first started, and it's still today, it still comes into my mind, is you're too young to lead this church. No one will ever come to a church with a young guy like you. Thank you for speaking to the lie. So, but it's a lie, I believe. So, I've had to unfollow, delete, and then here's the deal. But then I got to replace it. So then I go to 1 Timothy and it says, no, you know what? Paul told Timothy, and Timothy was young just like me, and Paul told Timothy, no, don't let anybody look down in your youth, but be an example in faith and love and speech and purity. And I said, you know what? I can do that. I can do that. You know with me? I've heard the lies. I mean, with the battle that we've had with Joel, here's the lie. Your son will die soon. It's a, it, he's doing good right now, but it's only a matter of time. It's going to happen soon. And so then, you know what? I take that, and I can believe it, and then I can feel depressed, and then I can walk that out all the time, or I can take it and go, God, what does your word say about this? Can you, can you take these thoughts and these, what does your word say? And then I go to Psalms, and it says, no, he will live and not die. He will declare the works of the Lord. Come on, y'all with me? And then the lies that you're not going to have enough money or you're going to do this or you're not going to have that. And then I come and I take that lie of insufficiency that, that I don't know how I'm going to pay for things and I don't know how this. And then I come to Matthew 6.33 that if I seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all things will be added unto me. And I am more than a conqueror in Christ who strengthens me and nothing formed against me will ever prosper. Come on, y'all with me here? These are, listen, these are the lies we believe all the time. He just says it differently to you. Some of you are believing lies right now. You're not, you're not stepping out. And when I said, let's, you need to take a step and go to next step, you heard a lie. Uh, don't go to that. Mm. You, you know what? You're cool right here. Don't get connected. You know, they, they gonna, they gonna, it's going to get crazy when you get connected. You got to stay. And you start believing a lie. Some of you aren't leading life groups or leading things because you've believed a lie that you're not good enough to lead. And it's a lie. Some of you, your marriages are where they are and they've been stuck the way that they are because you believed a lie that if you get honest and tell somebody about it, that they're going to look down on you. People believe lies all the time. They don't come to church because they believe a lie that they got to walk into this church perfect. They can't have any blemishes. They can't have any faults. They can't have any hangups because if they walk in this church with hangups, everybody's going to look at them and judge them. Lie. Right? 
How many of you believed that lie before? Anybody in here? These are lies that people believe. And listen, the only power the lie has is your belief. It's the only power it has. And so we take the word of God and we realize there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. I can be completely open. There's grace for me. There's forgiveness for me. Come on, somebody. This is, this is how you begin to interrogate your thoughts. You take the word of God and you apply it to those thoughts. This isn't going to last. This is going to be forever. No, God, you are with me. You are in this. Which actually leads to number three. Let me go ahead and give you the third one is you renew your thoughts. Kind of already preaching it, but I'm going give to give you the fill in. Romans 12, too, says this. Do not be conformed to this world, to the pattern of this world. Look, because the world, why? It pollutes you. So don't, don't be conformed to that. <laughs> now, listen, you're different. You, you, you need to be what? What's that word? You need to be transformed by going to our Savior's church. <laughs> right? I mean, it is good. It's just not biblical. <laughs> it's not, not for this, okay? Be transformed by renewing your mind. Listen, you're not transformed by simply coming to church. It is a good thing, and it does help, and it is a catalyst, but you get transformed personally when you allow God's word to renew your mind because we can't always, <laughs> we can't always control the thoughts we have, but we can control the thoughts we hold. I'm going to say that again because that was really good, all right? <laughs> we cannot always control the thoughts we have, but we can control the thoughts we hold. You're going to have, listen to me, I would, I would love to say that when you walk out of here, you'll never battle with depression, you'll never battle with fear, you'll never battle with worry ever again, but that is a lie. You, you got Monday coming tomorrow. And I know those lies start all right back up as soon as you wake up. And so you're going to have those thoughts. The question is, are you going to hold them or not? So you need to hold them, interrogate them, bring them to God's word, throw those, demolish those, and then hold on to God's truth. That's what we need to hold on. Let me, let me show you how this works. So Lamentations is an entire book in scripture that's dedicated to depression. All about depression in one book. So if you're depressed, it might be a good book for you to go read. So in Lamentations, Jeremiah says this. Now I want you to watch this. I want you to watch how problems and all of it confuses you and the world pollutes you and the devil lies to you. Look what, look what Jeremiah says. And this is, he's honest. He's owning his thoughts. He says, he ground my face into the gravel. Speaking about God. Really, God ground your face into the gravel? It's pretty intense. He pounded me into the mud. I gave up on life altogether. Sounds like people going through depression, huh? I've forgotten what the good life is like. And I've said to myself, this is it. I am finished. God is a lost cause. Now watch the next verse. I'll never forget the trouble. The utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swallowed. I remember it all. I'm thinking about this. I'm pondering on this. I'm meditating on all that I've gone. God, you have you've pushed my face in the mud and you've made me eat gravel. And man, come on, that's a, that's, that's a rough God. But did God do that? I remember it all. Oh, well, I remember the feeling of hitting the bottom. All of us, by the way, have thoughts like these. All of us wrestle through things like this. All of us go through despair. And too often we meditate on our misery more than our victory. We want to meditate on that misery. And here's the question that I want to pose. We just read verses 16 through 20, but can we get to verse 21? Can you get to verse 21? 
So I'm gonna dedicate this next part of this message as we close this out to every person that's in here that is battling depression right now. But here's, here's the truth, here's what I know. No one on your row probably knows. You're going through it alone and you feel hopeless. That's what I know. And so I wanna dedicate this final part because I want you to have some hope when you walk out of here. I want you to hold on to it, watch. Verse 21 says this, but there is one thing I do remember. There's one thing I'm thinking about here though. I'm thinking about all this, but there's one thing I think about and remembering, I keep a grip on, come on, I'm gonna hold on to hope. I'm gonna hold on to hope and God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. Look at the next verse. They, they're created new every morning. If you read a different translation that says this, it says God's mercies are new every morning. That is really good news on days when you blow it. Any moms in here blow it on your kids? Okay, any, any husbands in here blow it on your wife? Okay, only two of y'all were honest. Okay, everybody. <laughs> I'll call the rest of y'all out, all of y'all, y'all know. Hey, here's the good news, listen everybody. New mercies every morning you wake up. Every morning you wake up, new mercies. New mercies God gives you every, every morning. How great is your faithfulness. I'm sticking with you, God, and I'm gonna say it again. He is all I've got left. He's all I've got. At the end of it all, this is all he's got. Listen, you can't outthink the devil, but you can't outspeak him. Some of you need to start speaking over those lies. That is not a lie. You gotta begin to speak God's word over it. Well, how do you do that? Here's your last, last little blank, ready? Every day, read God's word. I know, it sounds, sounds huge, but every day, read God's Listen, I, I don't care if it's one verse or if it's 20 chapters. Just get in God's word. Just get in it. Because here's what I know, when you get in it, it's gonna start changing you from the inside out. And, and, and listen, it's good. We don't read more scripture so we can have more knowledge. We read more scripture so we can have the transformation. And some of you are trying to change your life by changing everything that's going on the outside. If I just change my husband, then I'll be happy. If I just change my kids, then I'll be this. And if I just change my job and my boss, then I'll be, and you're trying everything externally to make you feel better. And the truth is you can never do that. It is an inward change that starts from the inside out. And it begins with God's word coming into your heart. That's why I have a, a reading plan at the bottom. If, you have, if you're following along on the digital notes, there's a reading plan there. Download the Bible app. Go to Uversion. Download. They got reading plans. Every day you can read God's word. And you need to begin to live God's word, read God's word, speak God's word, and just begin to speak that over your life. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be a process and it's going to be a journey. But that fog will start lifting. It'll start lifting.